1: Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H, 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. Anthony The Bull Caruso, back with you for our trifecta of rugby league previews. Now it is the knock-on New South Wales Cup. Yes, the competition has changed names again. I know, I know, but... It is at least going to be a little bit more solid, and there's actually a genuine reason for this name change, but it is still the same competition. It is the New South Wales Cup. It is the second-tier rugby league competition here for the NRL. And when we talk to this level of rugby league, there's only one person we can ever bring out Australia's best amateur rugby league analyst, the Lord Mayor himself, Keith Topolsky. Good evening to you.
0: Well, good evening, Bull, and good evening to everyone listening across the Triple H network, and yeah, I don't know whether it's non-commercial analyst or amateur analyst or whatever your terminology you want to use, but I have to say, it's nice to have a draw, isn't it? It is
1: very nice to have a draw, and it's nice that New South Wales Rugby League, to a certain extent, has actually put stuff out on time for a change, even though the timeline might be very, very shallow.
0: Yeah, I I can understand that they've got a new naming rights sponsor to go with the competition, and that's why they might want to hold back on that for the effect and the marketing effect, not that there's going to be a whole lot of attention paid by the mainstream media to the New South Wales Cup, the knock-on effect New South Wales Cup now, but... Okay, if that's their argument, then that's fine and we'll just pick other fights about other subjects at another time. Absolutely.
1: Now, there's going to be some changes in this competition because, of course, as everyone may be aware, the New South Wales Cup did not even run last year due to COVID. So a lot of the players coming out this year are going to be quite raw uh, when it comes to playing at this level and structurally as well, Keith, there's been some changes.
0: Yeah, there's been some affiliation changes as well, and you're also missing the New Zealand Warriors. Now, it remains to be seen what the Warriors are going to do with those players. They're going to be based on the Central Coast, so it wouldn't surprise me if they go and try and find... A local affiliate to and players back to in either the Newcastle competition or the Central Coast competition if the NRL can allow that to be the case. Otherwise the Warriors might do some sort of mid-year deal with a club that's already in the New South Wales Cup to try and build that affiliation agreement because they just don't have the resources available to put together a full New South Wales Cup squad. But there have been a couple of affiliation changes. Mounty's still in the competition but there's no Canterbury this year. That's because Mount ...are now the Bulldogs affiliate, and that was after they were cut loose by the Canberra Raiders. The Raiders have decided to put their own team into the New South Wales Cup, and they've cut loose their Jersey flag team. And they'll feed those players back into the local Canberra competition. So a few swings and roundabouts there, but the end result is that we have an 11-team competition... Any team within the New South Wales and the ACT in the NRL will have a team in the New South Wales Cup.
1: Now, the you can just imagine what it's going to be like for the New Zealand Warriors in terms of who they're going to come to the agreement with, considering that Newcastle Knights do have a team, we'll go through that squad a little bit later on, but there are options for them on the Central Coast. A former team that used to be a beta location for a certain NRL club is still in existence there. They well, may take that opportunity.
0: Yeah, the Wyong Roos playing in the Newcastle competition, I understand, this season. You've also got the entrance Tigers who will be playing there as well. So there's a couple of Central Coast sides that I would think would probably be very good choices for the New Zealand Warriors if they were to feed players back to a second tier rather than just have them go without match practice. Because we saw at stages last year, not only was it an injury problem, but it was a form problem as well. You saw what happened when players weren't getting regular football. You can't have that two years in a row. Otherwise, you're going to quite possibly see players have entire NRL careers written off, which is just unheard of because they just don't have that opportunity to develop themselves as footballers. And by the time they do reach that stage of their development, they might be too old and all of a sudden they get passed over. So desperately needing a second-tier option, the New Zealand Warriors, and we'll keep up to speed with what they choose to do later on.
1: As we said, 11 teams to get through. We're going to do five in the first half, six in the seven. Second half, it is going to be a jam-packed competition. Let's get straight into it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. (music) Let's kick things off here, Keith. We've got the first team in alphabetical order, the feeder for the Manly Ringo Sea Eagles, the Blacktown Workers Sea Eagles, and a team that really has run the changes through their squads from two years ago.
0: Yeah, it's a very different-looking team. They've got a very young team as well. They've picked up a couple of players out of the Ron Massey Cup. They've picked up a couple of players out of the Jersey Fleet competition and the junior rep competitions in SG ball. i got to say... I. I I like what Blacktown has done, I like the look of the squad, but I don't like them to win many games this season because they're such a young team with a lack of experience at this level. One thing I really don't like, and I will never walk away from this, is that they've given Tim Simona a go. Now, I know that a lot of people will say, no, 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 you you have to give players a second chance, that's what rugby league's all about, but hang on, we're talking about... And I know we don't want to try and get into this too often, but we're talking about Israel Folau, who said some things on social media that people didn't find agreeable. And he's basically been blackballed from Australian competitions, making it too difficult for him to come back. And you've got Tim Simona, who, forget about ripping off a charity, I'm more interested in what happened in his personal life, and he's being given a reprieve. I think that's absolutely disgraceful. We'll leave that to one side now. I've had my say on that. What I do like about this Blacktown workers' side, though, Blake Clayton. He's a winger-slash-fullback. He came through the Western Suburbs Junior Development System. Canterbury picked him up, and then Blacktown swooped to put him in their State Cup team. He is lightning quick. He's, he's got a lot of filling out to do. He's very slightly built. I'd be very surprised if he tips the scales at anything more than 70 kilos. He's very diminutive in stature, he's only about five seven five eight, so he's got a bit of growing into his body to do as well. If, if he is bulked up over the off-season, then he's going to be a very, very damaging prospect for them. Dylan Smith, coming across from West Tigers, played a full season of New South Wales Cup in 2019 with Western Suburbs, a player who... Probably stalled a little bit in his development, knowing that he was going to be behind Pappenheisen and Tedesco, and then just wasn't able to take that next step when the opportunity presented itself with Moses Embi as a fullback. Kelsey Cox has had plenty of experience in Ron Massey Cup. Another recruit from Western Suburbs, Lucas Castle, coming out of the system at Western Suburbs in the Jersey flag as well. Bilal Marbani, I don't think anybody on this program or who has seen Ron Massey Cup or State Cup in recent times needs an introduction to Bilal Marbani. One really intriguing prospect they've got is Gus Garzaniti, another graduate of the Western Suburbs Junior Apps, West Tigers, Jersey flag. Played one State Cup game for Western Suburbs, had his jaw just destroyed in a very unfortunate incident in a game against Wentworthville. So it'll be interesting to see how he performs, but as I say... A lot of young players in this Blacktown Workers side. They're going to struggle this season, but they've got the makings of a pretty, pretty good team in two or three years.
1: Well, they've released a whole host of players and some decent names you've got in there that have been released in here. So Abbas Miski has been released. Lachlan Croker, although he's part of still part of the Manly squad, not named in this in this cup squad. Which I think he might be in the top thirty though. He he might be getting a bit of game time if he's
0: in the top thirty.
1: Oh, he absolutely would. Um, and then the news around Tyler Castle, who's no longer going to be um, playing full-time.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting one, but obviously life getting in the way there, and uh, Tony Williams was another option that was being discussed. I think he's moved across uh, possibly to Canterbury or no? He,
1: no, I can't confirm. Tony Williams has signed with Windsor in the Ron Massey car. Oh,
0: Okay there you go I did miss last week what what I will find interesting though um is how blacktown workers whether the tragic news from last season of Keith Titmus will hang over that squad. I know that a lot of these players are Jersey Fleet graduates and that's where he was coming from. He was looking like he was going to be getting a little bit of game time in first grade last year, Keith Titmus, until his untimely passing. Uh, so I just wonder whether that will follow the players around or not.
1: Where's your prediction for this team? You're thinking unless they get some uh, availabilities from the top squad this team in its current format will struggle.
0: I don't see them making the eight. It, it does depend a lot on um, who they get back from the top 30 as to where they finish, how many injuries are affecting Manly, particularly in that number one jersey. Manly's going to have some major injury concerns and they're going to have to call up some players. So it, that. That really does define where Blacktown finishes because a lot of these players will be playing a lot of Ron Massey Cup if Manly can stay fit. And if Manley don't stay fit, then they're going to be up against it.
1: Let's go to the uh, the next thing. Well, a bit of a discussion about it is the Canberra Raiders. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of conjecture about how this team is going to look given that a lot of the players from Mounties are not going to be coming along to this Canberra Raiders lineup.
0: They've had to rebuild from scratch. And this is where I'm looking at Canberra and as far as their New South Wales Cup squad goes, they're going to be relying even more so on top 30 players coming back from the Raiders. If they can get a decent core throughout the year, and if they can dodge the worst of the injury problems, then they'll be getting enough quality coming back from up top that they should be okay. But I'm looking at this at this New South Wales Cup squad for the Canberra Raiders Mitch Souter is probably the only name that I recognise, and he's barely worth having any discussions about. Other than that, it is a very, very skinny-looking team, so I really hope that they've unearthed some real gems in the Canberra Raiders system from their flag and from their local competition, because if they haven't, then I think Canberra are an absolute mortal to finish last, going by the squad they've got.
1: And it has to be said that, that this is a club that has produced players locally for quite a number of years. You only need to go back to the late 80s and the early 90s. The um, the, pro- the production of the likes of Ricky Stewart, Laurie Daly, I think Brad Clyde as well at one stage.
0: Well, they they know how to recruit and that's the one thing that I will say in their favour is Peter Mulholland has a real eye for talent. So I really hope that he's managed to pluck some diamonds in the rough here because as far as recognised talent in the second tier goes, they've got absolutely nothing going for them. So if we're basing it on that alone... I will say Canberra to finish last. But if Canberra have unearthed some real gems, then they could be a surprise packet. But there is nothing there that fills me with confidence as far as really established second-tier talent. Let's go
1: to the next squad in the lineup. is Mounties, no longer, as we mentioned, no longer feeding the Canberra Raiders, now feeding the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. Um, From what we've been able to pick up so far, most of those players from that Mounties squad have just transitioned over to the Bulldogs system. But it remains to be seen if any of them are going to be retained Given the history of the ball box in this competition, which uh, over the last couple of years has actually not been too bad,
0: yeah, this this is where it's going to be really interesting. I like Mounties a lot this season. Not only are they going to get a lot of first grade well, first-grade experienced players back, I should say. We've known what Canterbury's gone through the last few years. So a lot of those players that would have been playing regular first-grade over the last season or two will probably find themselves playing a bit of New South Wales Cup. But I'm looking at the squad that Mounties rolled out in their trial game uh, a couple of weeks ago against Penrith. They've got a teeny gaffer. They've got Ben safali They've got Dean Madison in the team. Brad Dietz is making a mention on this Mounties Uh, team list Josh Daly very underrated lower tier player Josh Daly the fact that he hasn't been playing New South well that he wasn't I should say playing New South Wales Cup in 2019 I thought was an absolute crying shame they've got Cameron Cryer Kama Quiggin came through they signed Liam Coleman up ex-Panther son of Tugger Coleman Reuben Rennie they've got some Vincent Rennie Watson Halita as well former Western Suburbs slash West Tiger was supposed to play for Parramatta last year only got the one game they've got some really impressive talent already in that Mounties side, and if they can get some first grade experience back from Canterbury when the Bulldogs really start putting it together and those fringe players are basically declared State Cup dedicated this year because they just can't crack it for the fact that the likes of Kyle Flanagan in the lineup, Nick Cotrick, those sorts of players, Mounties will go close to winning this.
1: Yeah, the question I've got is a couple of their long-time players that they had, had, um, the likes of Reuben Porter and Matt Frawley. Have they, have they been mentioned around the place or have they moved on?
0: Well, I don't see them on the list. So there's chances are that they could have possibly moved on. But the way they've replaced them and the fact that they're going to be getting those players back as well. You don't need to worry about the Jersey flag players for Canterbury. They'll go off and do their own thing probably in Ron Massey Cup. But I'm really looking at some impressive recruits here that Mounties have been able to get their hand on. They've got Mitch Butfield as well. Kieran Moss is a very experienced player in the lower grades. Jack Miller played a lot of lower grades at West Tigers as well. There's a lot to like about this Mounties team. They're very well balanced across the park. Payapua is in the squad as well. This is just this is mind-boggling to think what Mounties could do this year. They'll go very close to winning it. Let's go
1: up the uh, up the M one towards Newcastle and the Knights have produced. A, well, they had a lineup from two years ago. Well, even last year that looked very threatening for the competition. Uh, the question will be: Can they hang on to them? And what changes have they made? Because they started off last year. With the likes of Jacob Saifidi, with Zach Hoskin, Mason Lino, who had come across from New Zealand, Tau Tau Moga trying to restart his career as well, so they had players in there, but it was a question about whether they can retain whether can retain them given the circumstances.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a development year for the Knights. They had a lot of players uh, in the year before that were going to be development players as well. they got a lot of young talent and they've decided to basically turn that over and they're going to have a lot of young talent again as well. They're going to be very reliant on players coming back from that top 30 for the Newcastle Knights. Braden Musgrove's had a little bit of experience in the lower grades. Basami Solos going around for the Knights. Jack Johns is probably going to be their leader. He was offered another top 30 deal out. Uh, South Sydney but he signed a development deal with the Knights in the meantime because South Sydney just didn't come back to him in time and he decided to stick with the contract he'd already signed at the Newcastle Knights. I think Jack Johns is going to be the linchpin until we get an idea of exactly what will come back from the first grade squad because at the moment the Knights they are very much a work in progress. They've got some very young promising players. Matt Croker played on the bench for them in a trial against Cessnock not that long ago. I like Mackenzie Baker. He's probably not destined for first grade based on the fact they've got Tex Hoy, Kalen Ponga running around in the top grade. If things sort of fall his way, he might find a first grade contract, but I can see him turning into a very reliable player at this level of the game. Big out for them. No Mason Lenor. He's gone. So He the is gone. Of- yeah, he's, he's disappeared. I've just lost my spot as turn, as far as where Mason Lenore has gone. But, uh, in fact, he's gone overseas to Wakefield Trinity, I think it is. So, he's going to be a bit of a loss for them. And they're really going to have to find something in the halves because now it looks like Tex Hoy is going to be playing up in first grade most of the season. I just don't know where Newcastle is going to get their leadership around the field from. Kobe Davis, Hayden Lockery, yeah, they're young players. They've got a little bit of talent behind them, but these guys aren't first graders, not by a long shot. And given what they're going to be coming up against in a lot of these games, I don't think it looks very good for them at all. I think it looks downright frightening what they might be running into this season, unfortunately, for the Knights. But... We said that about the Raiders, and we know how good they are at recruiting, and you don't need me to tell you how good Newcastle is at unearthing local juniors. I mean, I just mentioned the club Cessnock. If you don't know who the Johns brothers are, then you don't follow the game of rugby league. So they can unearth some local juniors. I'm just not sold that this team has enough first-grade experience coming back to be able to do anything. you got Brody Jones in the second row, but that, that's pretty much it um, Matt Lawler is going to be hanging around the bench. I, I just don't see a whole lot happening um, as far as what might be an option when it comes to the Newcastle Knights to really do some damage as in the is, Cup. There is
1: one name to mention there as well. It's a player who's, who's probably going to have his last throw of the... De- Dice in terms of his career, and it is Tyrone Roberts.
0: Well, Tyrone Roberts will probably be getting a look in with the uh, top squad um, if he decides to go back. They, they might even be able to pull off the double signing because Tyrone Roberts-Davis was on a train and trial contract with West Tigers, and i got to say, I looked at him in a couple of those trial games, uh, the one against Manly, the one against the Roosters, and he was not impressing me at all. He looked very shaky under the high ball. So, if Michael McGuire chooses not to sign him, Newcastle might have an option there as well.
1: Let's go to the the, the next team in order. It is the Newtown Jets, who once again are going to be feeding the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. Um, they did have a recent trial game against um, Penrith, uh, which they were successful with, and. The lineup, and this is this is if you want to talk wholesale changes, here's one that's really had the cleanest run through them.
0: Yeah, Newtown really looking at a fresh start this season. But I got to say, I I like some of the players that they've signed. Heneti Tuha was playing fullback for them. They had Tyrone Phillips in the lineup. Addison Dimitriu playing for them. Be interesting to see if Dimitriu takes that next step out of Ron Massey Cup and really cements himself. In New South Wales Cup I still think there's time for him to make first grade If he really wants to knuckle down And get his head together they got Zach Wolford, Kurt Dillon, Bronson Garlick Doris Miller in that team That drew with Blacktown a few weeks ago But then you had players coming off the bench This is just downright frightening The sort of players they had coming off the bench Eli Roberts, Jostello Lowa Brock Eilert. Mawong Dut, we've seen a bit of him for Moorbank running around in the lower grades as well. He's a real quality player. Mawong Dutt gone across to them from the Canterbury system. Manai Rudolph, very very accomplished player in the second and third tier of the New South Wales Rugby League. Tyler Tamo, Brock Gray, Jackson Garlic, all coming off the bench for them as well. And that's before you get those players feeding back from the Sharks. And the Sharks have got a rather deep. I won't say Cronulla have a whole lot of game breakers, but they have quite a bit of depth. So if you're looking for a team to really step up there and be genuine contenders along with um, Mounties, then Newtown certainly fits that bill. I love the depth they've got. They've got the players all over the park. They had Eddie Iono lining up for them as well in that trial game. So the Newtown Jets, I think, along with Mounties, if you're looking for a couple of early season favourites... I think that's probably where you want to do most of your, most of your research because Newtown and Mounties for me are the teams that will really stick it early. And this is the thing, and this is what a lot of people
1: don't realise about this competition as a whole is how important that depth coming back from the NRL is going to be because of course it is a top 30 with the NRL. So if you have a good day, if you have a good day and you've got your gun line up for the NRL going, you should be expecting to see 13 players dropping back to play in the New South Wales Cup. That fills the New South Wales Cup in a team in its own right.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you've still got the guys who will be there, thereabouts, and they might not be able to get a run in first grade because Braden Trindle's in the top 30. He's not going to be playing much first grade. Uh, Jack Williams, the five-eighth, not the forward. I don't think he's going to be seeing much first grade. I don't know whether Jackson Ferris is going to stick either. They've got some real... Talent there. Janiya Lua Lawa I think, will be dropping back a fair bit. Luke Metcalf will be in the Newtown side regularly, I would imagine, as well. Whether he's a fullback or a halfback remains to be seen. Up front, well, given that you've got Billy Magulius coming through and you've got Fafita Woods, then you've got Aiden Tolman, I just wonder exactly where the room's going to be for Daniel Vasquez to play any sort of first grade. Jack Williams, the forward, will be dropping back a fair bit, I would think. CSC for Talakai could be playing a bit of reserve grade as well. I think Teague Wilton's going to find himself up against it, trying to find a first-grade spot as well. So there's no shortage of talent that's going to be heading back down from the Cronulla Sharks to the Newtown Jets. And, well, if you're a Jets fan, shout-out to Albie Tallarico and all the other Jets fans. Well, I, I, I like what you're doing this year. That's going to have a
1: further impact, because, of course, we did mention in the show last week with our special guest Heath Strange. Some of these players are going to feed back down through Glebe Burwood, and that's already a scary sign in its own right. When some of these players even start dropping back, they become one of the favourites for the competition.
0: Oh, there's no doubt that Glebe Burwood, uh, to my mind, are going to be one of the strongest possible teams in the Ron Massey Cup. You're going to have your usual suspects. And as I mentioned during Sydney Shield, I think anybody who really fell over last year, they get a free pass because... Well, we all know what happened, and if you don't, then I want to know where you've been. But I think in terms of the sheer depth and going through the grades with that feeder system that has been set up, when you look at all those players going all the way down the system, Cronulla, into Newtown, into Glebe, Burwood, and I think that feeds into cronulla Bar, they go full circle from Cronulla to Cronulla, but where those players are able to be to be allocated... I, I love what I'm seeing here from Cronulla and in, in turn Newtown as well. So that, that, I think, really augurs well for the Jets.
1: Last thing I will mention before we go to the break is the coaching changes for the first half. The announcement first off, Blacktown Workers, Matt Fallon has come on board now as the head coach for, for Blacktown Workers. I think that's probably the best signing of any of the coaches in the entire competition.
0: I think Stephen Hales can feel a little bit ripped off um, that his job has been taken. But if he's got another offer elsewhere, then I suppose there'd be a silver lining for that. I think this is a clear indication that Manly want more input into their feeder system. And with all due respect to Blacktown, I would be arguing, well, if Manly want more input into their feeder system, maybe they should be looking for a feeder team Excuse me, a little bit closer to home. Because Blacktown to Manly... We've discussed it before. It's not exactly a short trip. It can get expensive if you're taking the M2 as well, but if Manly really were serious about this, their lower-tier football, they would have found a situation which is more amenable to them because not only have they got the situation where they got Blacktown, but as I mentioned before, they are signing so many players from Western Suburbs, West Tigers, Penrith Panthers, Parramatta. Where's the Manly juniors here? That's what I'm asking. Oh, I tell you. I, I would, might have the fleet
1: team. No, I can tell you where that, where that is at the moment. And even a heapless stranger answered that yeah, um, last week. It's non-existent. It is, unless you're in the rep system already now, Manly won't be interested in you.
0: Yeah. And, and that is part of what has killed rugby league in that northern corridor. I know we talked about this before. But again, if you're going to have a feeder system set up, okay, you don't need your own team in New South Wales Cup. We've seen clubs demonstrate that before. We're talking about Cronulla. They're feeding through Newtown, eastern suburbs, or the Sydney Roosters. They've got North Sydney. Canberra have got Mounties before that. Canberra had Mounties. You don't need your own team to really show your commitment to development. Western suburbs feed West Tigers. For a long time, it was Wentworthville feeding Parramatta. But Mounties aside, and we can sort of forgive Canberra here because Canberra's a long way away, Sydney clubs have relied on other Sydney clubs that are in reasonably close proximity. When Penrith farmed things out, they farmed it to St. Mary's. Now, if you get onto a really good golf drive on the Great Western Highway, you could probably roll a golf ball from St. Mary's Stadium or St. Mary's down to Penrith Stadium. You had other clubs that were using that situation in the past as well. South were using North, and the Roosters were using Newtown, and all these other clubs had separate systems set up but they were still close by and they were still using their own junior systems. Manly through Blacktown. Well, who knows? But we come back to the Cronulla and Newtown. Well, Newtown, I'm tipping them probably top four.
1: Well, let's go take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have the rest of the teams. And we're also going to be talking about the announcement from our Lord and savior with regards to the structure of where New South Wales cup matches will be played. This is Splinter's The Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. Anthony Caruso with Keith Topolsky here to go through the second half of our knock-on effect New South Wales Cup preview. Of course for those of you who don't know the sponsorship change this year and Keith it is the relationship growing between New South Wales rugby league and Transport for New South Wales which has brought on the sponsorship change.
0: Yeah, I don't know whether, just as an amusing sidebar, that uh, the knock-on cup is necessarily the most uh, conducive, shall we say, to <laughs> seeing some positive rugby league. But uh, all things being equal, it's good to see that there is a sponsor on board for the New South Wales Cup, so we can get on board with that, absolutely. But, yeah, knock-on, I would have gone with a different term for that, but it is a very worthy cause. We shouldn't make light of it, but I thought, well, just to add a little bit of levity to what is a very serious... Uh, topic that we do want to make sure that everybody gets to wherever they're going in a safe manner and I think that yeah it, it's a very good decision uh, rather than continually shopping around for a sponsor hopefully this will be a sponsor that can hang around for a while.
1: Well let's get straight into it with part two and we're going to start off with the local team the North Sydney Bears who are feeding through to the Sydney Roosters they had signs of a team that could really cause some damage last year He didn't get to see it, realise it to its full extent. The expectation is a lot of these players will be coming back. And it has to be said... It's a half decent lineup, especially with the likes of Lachlan Lamb, Nicholas O'Mealy and Daniel Cafita still in the lineup.
0: That's certainly the case. And we haven't even got to the players that played in that trial match uh, against the West Tigers at Camden a few weeks ago. Brad Abbey signed for the Roosters, uh, to sign on for the North Sydney Bears, I should say. He played for the Roosters. Tom Card, Josh Bergman, very familiar name in the New South Wales Cup. Tony Satini played for the Roosters that night as well. Looking through the pack. Fletcher Baker's come through the Sydney Roosters junior development system. I really do rate him. He's a very, very useful forward, very strong runner of the football. And Max Bailey, we've seen him with North Sydney I don't know how many years now. He is sometimes susceptible to losing his head, so he wants to be careful with that. But as far as depth options go there uh, for the North Sydney Bears coming back from the Sydney Roosters, well, it's the Roosters. Whatever you get back from them is going to be an absolute gem of a player coming back with that sort of attitude that Trent Robinson will really drive into them. So you know you're going to be getting some fair players coming back as well. Unfortunately, we can't rely on the Roosters website uh, to give us any sort of gem genuine um, uh, accuracy as far as who's going to be playing for them because they've still got Chad O'Donnell on the the line-up. So I don't know whether Chad O'Donnell's actually coming back to play for them. They've got Drew Hutchison who will be an option for them as well. So it really does seem to be... Just taking your pick and seeing exactly who the Roosters are going to sign up and then send back for the Bears as well. One guy that they had last year I think is going to still be around there uh, this year is Le Kendrick Massoy. Very impressive young player. Came through Western Suburbs System. Uh, signed up with St. George Illawarra. Didn't get much of a run for him, for them uh, because of everything that happened last year. But I think Le Kendrick Massoy is a player who, if he keeps his head on, he could do some real damage.
1: Now, the... You mentioned Drew Hutchinson in particular. and For those of you who don't remember from a few years ago, of course, Drew Hutchinson won the New South Wales Cup with the then Illawarra Cutters and I think it was light years ahead of the rest of the uh, every other player on that field and unfortunately injuries has really stifled him from making that step up into um, first grade. But this guy, if he stays fit, is a very handy player.
0: Oh, he's an absolutely wonderful footballer, Drew Hutchison, particularly at the uh, New South Wales Cup level. First grade, he can be found wanting a little bit at times, but that's because he hasn't really had that much experience to talk about. He was going to get a little bit of a look in, then all of a sudden, injury robbed him of that opportunity. He went overseas and then, unfortunately, came back and didn't really get an awful lot of opportunity. He got a couple of games, but they were games where you could see that the Roosters were sort of checked out. They weren't going to be doing a whole lot as far as really putting the the foot down, and he really did struggle there behind a pack that was badly beaten in a couple of the games that he did have for them last year.
1: Where do you think this team will finish this year? I've seen definitely top eight. Are they pushing a top four?
0: No, I don't think they're pushing the four well, I'll correct myself, they'll push for the four, but I don't think they make the four. They're they're definitely going to the top eight. If they miss the top eight, then it will be a calamity of a season, and I don't see Jason Taylor missing the eight when you've got access to the likes of the Roosters coaching staff. They make the eight. I I don't see enough in that squad for them to be making the four. I just wonder, in terms of some of the younger players they're going to be using, Drew Hutchison's going to lead the way. But whether they have enough experience in the back line is going to be a bit of a question for me. I don't have any problems with what they're doing up front. I like what they have access to up front. But yeah, the, the back line, a little bit of maturity missing, a little bit of experience missing, it could be a little bit of a problem for them, I think.
1: Let's go, let's now head west. And it is the Parramatta Reels with Parramatta, you always know that there's going to be some wholesale changes being rung through the competition. Uh Brad and of course, we've announced has left Parramatta. He's gone to Blacktown workers. With the announcement coming through about Michael Jennings, you know, will George, Hang around there much longer as well
0: Well I would imagine they'll be hanging on to George Because he's a fairly useful player He's in the top 30 And un- unless he gets a bite from somewhere else Offering him regular football I think he'll hang around Looking at the squad that Parramatta ran out In their New South Wales Cups uh, trial Against Penrith a couple of weeks ago <coughs> Excuse me They've got some talent there, Panamatic. They've got Will Penasini, Tim Laffey signed a contract for them, Hayes Dunster, Will Smith, Jordan Rankin. That's just in the back line. In the front, in the uh, pack, I should say, lining up for them, they had Makahisi Makatoa, Joey Lusick, Dave Hollis, Ely Elzakem's played a fair bit of lower-grade football as well, Marata Nwakore on the bench, what really surprised me was the strength of their bench in the back line. Toa Mata Arthur, uh, Western Suburbs Jr., went to Canterbury and now has found his way to Parramatta. Charlton Schaffhausen, if you haven't seen him play in the lower grades, then he is an absolute tank. He, the way he's built, and i got to say... Even though he's got a rather colourful past, he's got a much better temperament on him, but the way he plays physically and his body shape reminds me a lot of John Hoppawati. Very wide for a winger, but deceptively quick, and he's very difficult to tackle. So if they decide to deploy him on the wing, Charlton Schaffhausen, he could do a lot of damage for them. They've done well to get him, but how they use him will be very interesting. You might say, oh, yeah, he's very similar to Micah Sevo." Mike Sevo has got a lot of height to him. Charlton Schaffhausen doesn't have a huge amount of height to him. He's only about 5'10", 5'11". But what he is, he's wide. He's really muscly built, very difficult to tackle because of the body shape. He's not just strong, but it's very difficult to get yourself in a position to make an effective tackle on him. So if Schaffhausen can stay fit and healthy and on the field and... It's either Solomonie Naiduku or Hayes Dunster who's going to be bumped. You never know. Hayes Dunster could be playing a lot of first grade this season. That could be an option for them as well. So the options there. Parramatta, they're going to be pushing for the top four, looking at their squad compared with some of the talent that is floating around elsewhere. I wouldn't be surprised if Parramatta makes the four.
1: The couple of other players, just to mention very quickly, along the likes of some of their veteran players, Daniel Alvaro and David Gower still going around for the lineup. They're Uh, gone now.
0: Yeah, Gower's signed elsewhere. Uh, Alvaro, I think, has signed on with St. George Illawarra. Uh, I think David Gower uh, was looking for a contract uh, within another NRL system but I don't know whether he ended up finding one although at the moment I don't have any update on where he's gone all I know is that yeah uh, he's out of the Parramatta system where exactly he's gone I'm not 100% certain so I'll have to chase that one down
1: Let's go to the next team, the Penrith Panthers. Peter Wallace are, um coaching them again this year. He's made the very successful transition from player to coach in a very short period of time. A team lineup that he had last week some fairly familiar names that have been going around in the New South Wales system for a few years now, the likes of uh, Jake Toby, Adam Fernley, uh, Sonny Luke, and Arthur Crichton. This is a lineup that they've, they've sent a lot of their juniors either go through, finally going to Penrith, or they've dispersed elsewhere. Um, as a relatively new squad, but you would have to say this is Peter Wallace's team.
0: Yeah, Peter Wallace has no shortage of talent available to him. Whether you want to look at what's available to him uh, in first grade or whether you want to take a look at what's available to him in the lower grades as well, he's got more than enough available to him. And it's going to depend a lot on what some of these other players do as well. We know that Charlie Staines, Brian Totter are going to be playing on the wings, which means Robert Jennings is going to be spending a bit of time in the lower grades. it be interesting to see exactly what happens with Tyrone May. I know Paul Momorowski will be spending a fair bit of time in reserve grade as well because Brenton Aiden is going to get the shot along with Tyrone May, Stephen Crichton, they're going to be the three big guns. I don't know why Paul Momorowski said he wanted to go and play first grade for Penrith when he was never going to get a start in the first grade system at Penrith, but be that as it may, that's entirely up to him. Big, big one for them, though, is going to be Matt Burton floating around in the lower grades. That's going to be the really big thing for them. Exactly what happens with Matt Burton will be interesting to see. Does he start to drag his feet? Does he accept that, well, okay, maybe he's not going to be able to break into that team? Is he going to drag his feet? Well, he may or he may not. Then you've got other guys running around. Jamin Salmon is a big, big signing for them. Didn't kick on at Parramatta. He was never destined to do anything at Parramatta. Why the Eels sign him, I never know. I'll never know. Because he just wasn't going to suit their style of play. Cronulla Jr. coming through that system that had those Cronulla teams in the junior reps that for a couple of years were just untouchable. Then you've also got Mitch Kenny. Billy Burns, also playing for Penrith at the moment. Billy Sakrekis is finally starting to cut through in New South Wales Cup as well. Then you've got Arthur Crichton, Alex Cicino as well. Very impressive young players. So Penrith will be right up there, particularly when you look at what they're going to get back. As I say, the likes of Matt Burton, Paul Momorowski, Jamin Salmon will be playing a lot of football for them. I wouldn't be surprised at all if you get some really strong options coming back from first grade. Lindsay Smith has signed for them as well. I don't think Scott Sorensen is going to see much first grade this year, given what Penrith have access to at the moment. And Matt who's plenty of experience at West Tigers in first grade as well. No shortage of options for Penrith, and I think they're almost certain to finish in the four.
1: We then move on to the South Sydney Rabbitohs team that has really built their squad up over the last couple of years. And indeed, when I look at who they've signed for the New South Wales Cup, and the Jersey Fleet, it is a monstrous squad that they have set up for it. None of the big-name players that they've had over the last couple of years, The obviously Jack Johns moving on, as you mentioned. There was no mention of Bailey Siren, although he's probably now got himself a more permanent position within the first-grade squad.
0: Well, he's gone to the Warriors.
1: He's gone to the Warriors now as yeah, well. Yeah, we, we so. forget
0: the Bailey Sirinans gone to the Warriors. And you're right, that they've got some really promising players in that Jersey flag squad at the moment. See whether they get much of a chance to impress or not. Josh Fepulai, uh is probably one of the big ones there. I really like what I've seen from him in some of the lower-grade performances that I've seen him go around a in before. Mikey Mitzas, Leroy Mongolongo, uh very impressive young player. CJ Mundine, nephew of the mouth. Hopefully he can keep his mouth a little bit more shut. Luke Puru is the captain. I think he's got a bit of a future in front of him if he really does keep his head down and make sure that he delivers on the potential. But the New South Wales Cup squad I find really, really intriguing. Nick Mugios, we've seen plenty of him in the lower grades as well. Very promising junior coming out of the South Sydney system. Joe Lovadua, Yelene Gordon, Jacob Gagai, anybody in second-tier football, Jacob Esau, those players very familiar to them. I'm really interested to see how James Tortail Lafua performs this year. Another Western Suburbs junior went through into the West Tigers jersey flag system. Not not really getting much of a look under Wayne Lamkin. Lamkin not seeing him as the style of player that he wanted. Very very quick and deceptively strong. Tautai Lafua normally a fullback by trade. I could see him maybe making a shift to centre if he was able to bulk up and work on some of his defence. But a fullback winger by trade normally. So if they can get some real firepower and grunt up front, and as I said, Yaleen Gordon will fit that nicely. Trent Peoples as well will be able to chip in with some very good football. Depending on what they get back from first grade, they could either be bottom of the eight or they could be pushing for the four. I don't think they make the four, but I think they give it a real good shake, South Sydney, because they've got access to some really promising young talent.
1: It's going to be fascinating to see, of course, that we were going to have um, Tele Taktikos joining us, uh, unfortunately due to other circumstances he wouldn't be able to join us. He's a new signing as well, formerly mm-hmm. of that. you remember that that bastion of player development in the Peninsula Seagulls for a couple of years? Mm-hmm. has produced quite a few players
0: in a yep, short it, lifespan. It certainly has, and he's going to be one of the, uh, I wouldn't necessarily court, say core players as far as the players who are really relied upon to get the team across the line, but he'll be contributing big minutes as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, uh, for those who don't know, he'll be part of the, uh, the Greek national squad. So keep an eye out for there when the Nations Cups come along. We then move on to the St. Georgia Illawarra Dragons. And, you know, while initially skinny in terms of who they've got, lined up in terms of the original names. It should be mentioned, though, that they do have one of the biggest catchments that they can pull players from at a drop of the
0: hat. Yeah, they're going to be pulling back some of the first-grade guys as well. So, exactly who are you going to get back? I think you'll be seeing a bit of Cody Ramsey. I don't know whether he's going to be able to make a, a permanent spot for himself. Because they've got Ravalawa and Pereira on the wings, maybe he might be doing a bit of a... a Shifting back and forth with Jordan Pereira So expect to see plenty of Cody Ramsey down there He won't be playing fullback Because that spot will be sewn up by Matt Dufty They've got a kid by the name of Tyrell Sloan Who can move I don't know whether I really like What he's capable of defensively But you never know what might happen And Adam Kloon is going to be spending a bit of time Down there as well Very reliable halfback Who will be able to make plenty of contribution To that St. illawarra lineup. Billy Britton, I think, will be a really important player for them. They've got plenty of talent going back. And you mentioned Daniel Alvaro with Parramatta, who shifted across to St. George Illawarra. They're not going to be lacking for talent going back up front, St. George Illawarra. They're going to have plenty of that. My concern is in the back line. Instead of any Dreki, yeah, he's he's solid without being spectacular. Charlie Runciman, Sean sawney Sau. They're just not jumping off the page at me. And then you had the wingers, Sam McCann and Ryan Pappas, running around in that lower-grade trial against South Sydney a few weeks ago. One player that you do have to keep an eye out for is Tyron Wishart. He's the son of Rod, not like his old man. He's a hooker, bit of a running back rower, if need be. He's a very, very promising player. He did get the start in that trial game ahead of Billy Britton, so you never know, Tyron Wishart. If there's a little bit of an opportunity there later on in the season, if injuries really do start striking down St. George Illawarra, you might see him there, you might not. But then again, Andrew McCulloch in first grade, I think we'll probably keep him at bay, provided McCulloch can stay fit. So, yeah, I I like what the Dragons are doing in the pack. But that back line, that really does worry me. And when you're running to teams that have got first-grade experience coming out every orifice, the likes of Mounties, the likes of Newtown, even West Tigers are going to have a lot of first-grade experience in the back line. I just don't see St. George Illawarra being... I, I can see them squeaking into the eight, but they're not going to make any sort of real impression, I don't think.
1: Let's go to the last squad in the lineup. It is the Western Suburbs Magpies defeated course, the West Tigers. Yeah, of course you say that. Of course, you yeah, I don't to say that. Um, you know, this is a team that has been on the precipice for the last few years, probably hasn't quite gotten over the line with it yet, but uh, you get the feeling that they could be sizing up for something quite big this year.
0: Well, they're going to have no shortage of talent available to them, provided, of course, everybody stays fit. And that's going to be the really big thing as to whether there's going to be the fitness there. So if people, if players can stay fit, then yeah, absolutely. There's, there's going to be a really impressive, um, lineup going through the system with Western suburbs in the lower grades. It's going to be really, really impressive. I'm going to, I really like what will be able to help. As far as whether that fitness thing keeps going or not, yeah, it, it, obviously it remains to be seen. Every team is going to have, uh, problems as you go through the season. But when you consider that Michael McGuire basically ran his first choice first grade lineup, um, with the exception of Adam Dewey, because Jock Madden was starting there. Jock Madden will probably play a fair bit of New South Wales Cup. But when you look at the players who are likely to play New South Wales Cup this year, you're going to be looking at Zane Musgrove, Kelma Tuolungi At the moment, you might even have Alex Safarth going back to New South Wales Cup as well. Reese Hoffman is going to be playing New South Wales Cup. Tommy Talau he he could be destined to go back into the lower grades because now you've got Nofaluma and Kapoa, the wingers, James Roberts, Joey Leilua in the centres. There's not an awful lot of room there. I think Dane Laurie's immortal to be given the full-back role on a full-time basis. So really, you're looking for a spot for a winger, and that means Hoffman... And Talao and Checam are all going to be fighting against each other. So then, and then you've got in the pack Joe Offhand gowey has been signed up, James Tamo has come across. So it's almost a brand new front row. So then you're going to have to find places for Stefano Yutuakamanu. You're going to have to find spots for Tukey Simpkins and Tuolungi and Zane Musgrove and Russell Packer and Thomas McKayley. That's before you get to the guys who will be playing New South Wales Cup. Big signing for Western Suburbs. Tom Freeband going across from the North Sydney Bears is a very, very big pickup. Eden Rogers-Smith coming out of the Sydney Roosters jersey flag system. Very rare that the Roosters lose players they want to keep. i tell you what was intriguing was the idea of signing Alan Fitzgibbon away from St. Mary's with a promise of New South Wales Cup football if he really did step it up. Very quick, not that reliable when it comes to a defensive side of things, but very, very quick. This is a Western Suburbs team, well, after the conclusion of last season, after one game, they did sit atop the the competition after putting the cleaners through St. George, Illawarra. Zach Docker-Clay, Kai Rodwell. Uh, Docker Clay's had a few years overseas. Kai Rodwell, very highly rated player coming out of the South Sydney development system. I really don't know why they let him go. I would have held on to him for a little while longer. William Key coming across from Parramatta. Very promising. Centre three-quarter. And then you've got guys that have already been there for a while. Justin Frayne, Curtis Wilson, Samisi Kiowa will be ready to step up. Mavoni Tuafua and Felix Smith as well. So, And they're coming out of the Jersey Flags setup, Western Suburbs definitely going to be pushing the top four if they don't make the top eight then Ben Gardner is going to be having to do a lot of answering to Michael Maguire because this is a team that is built for a very big year and built to be among those really top teams like those Mounties and those Newtowns and those Parramattas and Penriths.
1: Well before we finish up the show tonight we should make mention as well of the wonderful announcement that brought through a few weeks ago by our Lord and Saviour Peter Volandis that New South Wales Cup will be, sorry, the knock-on effect cup, will be aligned to playing at the first, same time as NRL first grade.
0: Yes, he's done a fair job of this, Peter Vallandis, to be able to line up as much as possible. Now, it's not going to be perfect all the way down the line, and unfortunately, where you get teams playing out of the major stadiums, such as the what was the ANZ Stadium, now um, back to Stadium Australia until they get a new naming rights sponsor, or Bank West Stadium, or the Sydney Cricket Ground. You're not going to see every grade played there, but you're going to see at least two games. Uh, North Sydney, Newtown have struck agreements where they're going to be playing the majority of their games at their spiritual home grounds of Henson Park and Bear Park, respectively. So you're not going to see an awful lot of them. But Parramatta, they've got a game at Ringrose and a game at New Era Stadium out at all the rest of their home games are going to be played as curtain raisers to first grade. So that's a really good start. Of course, Canberra will have that set up as well. Western Suburbs will have that set up where the option arises. Otherwise, they're going to be going back to Lidcombe for a lot of games. Uh, Newcastle will be playing a lot of curtain raisers, and Penrith and South Sydney as well. So those options will be there. St George Illawarra obviously, will be very close to it as well. So, yep, where Peter Volandes could deliver, he has. Well, let's go,
1: to finish off, let's go through the, the round one matches this week. Cause, you know, people don't, don't realise that the draw starts this weekend. And yes. can't wait. We start off with the match on Friday night. It is Newcastle versus Mounties. This is going to be played at 3.45pm at McDonald's Jones Stadium.
0: I'm just looking, I'm just looking at my computer screen here and I'm thinking, no, it's going to be played at 3.15. But then I realise that the New South Wales Rugby League website actually updates the time based on your time zone. So yes, it will be played at 3.45 Sydney time or 3.15 for those of us who live in South Australia uh, now that I remembered that. But th- that will be a really good test for Newcastle first up. Mounties will come out. They'll have most of their players available. If the Knights are serious about being any sort of real threat, They will, at the very least, run Mounties close, if not steal a win here. But I don't see anything like that happening. I think Mounties win and win well.
1: Panthers will be playing the South Sydney Rabbitohs at 5.15pm Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time at Panthers Stadium. Another one that's lined up absolutely perfectly. This is going to be a humdinger.
0: South Sydney, they're going to need to see exactly what they've got uh, as far as a young developing squad goes. They've got plenty of talent. Whether that talent is ready to take that step up to New South Wales Cup, well, no better test first up than Penrith. One of the few
1: games that will be played at a game not assigned to an NRL match, it is the Foxtel match. It will be occurring at 1.10pm on Sunday the 14th of March. The Blacktown Workers Sea Eagles taking on the North Sydney Bears.
0: North Sydney, we just spoke about all the talent that they've got. Blacktown Workers—they're going to be young, they're going to be enthusiastic, they're going to be hungry. How do they handle the physicality? of North Sydney, how do they handle the speed and fitness of North Sydney, how do they handle that experience, it's going to be a really intriguing thing to see how they can handle that sort of really tough challenge.
1: The Canberra will be playing the Western Suburbs Magpies at 10-2 to 2 on Sunday at GIO Stadium.
0: Big test first up for Canberra. As I said, I'm, I'm not being biased here. I think Western Suburbs are real top four contenders. It'll be interesting to see what Peter Holland can get out of the recruitment that he's done, picking the eyes, basically, out of the local Canberra competition and taking the best of Jersey Fleg while trying to sign uh, the best of whatever's left. Depending on what goes back from Canberra, this could be a really interesting contest, but I don't see any reason why Western Suburbs should not be winning this game. And to finish off, at
1: 3:55 PM at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium, it is the St George Illawarra Dragons against the Newtown Jets.
0: If Newtown's fair income, they win this and they win this in a cantus and George Illawarra, that they're not going to be that that difficult a team to figure out. And when I said that I had real problems with what St. George and were putting up in the back line, well, Newtown's strength is probably the back line, particularly if they end up with Addison Demetriou. And let me give you the tip. If they don't use Addison Demetriou, it's going to be because he's going to be playing Ron Massey Cup. And if Addison Dimitriou can't crack that New South Wales Cup side then St. George El War is going to be in for all
1: sorts of pain. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is a full-time here. The Rugby League season starts this weekend. We cannot wait. i uh, tell you we... what I
0: can't wait for is the following week, it will be the Foxtel game, 12.40 Eastern Daylight Time on the Saturday. How about this Mounties versus Penrith? Oh, that is going to be an absolute... That is going to be a massive game. That will be an epic for the ages.
1: Yeah, looking, really looking forward to that one there. An absolute pleasure to have you on, as always, Keith. There's some big episodes coming up, and we should really thank some of the people, Lee, uh, some of the people who have helped out with us. Uh, maybe not so much New South Wales Rugby League over the last few weeks, but um, a big thank you to some of the information we received from the South Sydney Rabbitohs and all Sydney Bears, and, of course, Heath Lestrange last week who joined us for a Ron Massey Cup. What a pleasure it was to have
0: him. Absolutely. It's always great to have the big names on splinters and we go out there and we try and get them.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Our,
1: our eternal thanks for you joining us once again, Keith Topolsky. Always a pleasure. This is full-time on Splinters The Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites on behalf of the Lord Mayor Keith Topolsky, I'm Anthony the Bull Caruso. Run harder, run home. Good night. <laughs>